Hello again. Yes, the old man is back after a, a, few, a few weeks break when the other guys have just been covering it. So welcome to Woody. Salam alaikum. Welcome. Uh, I know I can't see you, but it does feel really nice to be, to be back here welcoming you to our service. So today is going to be quite a short session. We've not got a worship or testimony uh, time at the moment. So it'll be, um, I'll do some, some teaching on, uh, on Luke. And I'm going to be asking the question, has your wallet been saved? Something to think about. So again, enjoy, enjoy the, uh, the welcome video and I'll see you the other side. God bless. Welcome back. I still love seeing that video, no matter how many times I've seen it. I hope it's the same for you. Okay, so we're still uh, working through Luke. I'm going to be doing Luke 12 today. I'm really grateful to Annabelle and Marv and Stu for covering the, the previous five weeks. And um, I'm sure you got some really good stuff out of, of what, what they brought. I'm going to be looking at Luke 12, as I said. And the usual thing, we're just going to do a, a section of it. Quite a long section this time. I'm going to be doing verses 13 to 34. And um, it's called, the section is called The Parable of the Rich Fool. Um, so I'm going to read that now. And then I'll just bring you some thoughts. Money is a massive issue. So I'm just going to be bringing out a few things from this section. Okay, from verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Jesus said, this is how it will be with those who store up things for themselves but are not rich towards God. Verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? 
Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of those. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for the father, your father, has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I pray that God would bless his word. And like I said, I just want to bring a, a couple of things out of this. And that starting sentence has your wallet been saved? It's great to know the love of Christ, the forgiveness, the peace, all that comes from knowing Christ and walking with him. But if he is Lord, he is Lord of all of our lives. And our challenge is to be giving more and more over to him. Some of those areas are more difficult to give to the Lord than others, which brings us to money, or more importantly, our attitude to money. And that's the subject of today's message. And as you can see, it's in the, all those chapters, all those verses. So money is the fourth most mentioned subject in the teaching of Christ after kingdom of God, Father, Father God, and faith. It's money. Just shows how important this whole area is. Now, I want to look at that, uh, that section by looking at three people, or at least two people and a group of people. So, number one, the man in the crowd that started that whole thing. Number two, the rich fool, the parable. And number three, the disciples, which of course includes us. So let's start with the man in the crowd. First of all, context. It was legitimate for people who were in inheritance disputes to ask rabbis to intervene as it could be an interpretation of the law that was needed because inheritance rights were all covered in Mosaic law. So you would ask an expert, a rabbi. However, when you look at what this guy said, he wasn't saying, can you be an arbiter between my brother and I, you know, can you sort this out? It was a demand. He said, tell him to give me my inheritance. Almost a bit like the prodigal son, sometimes families would keep the, the wealth all together under the sort of nominal ownership of the, of the elder brother because there was a lot of power in that. that. That family had that shared wealth in terms of businesses or whatever. There was, now this guy is saying, I just want to take my bit out. So there's a, whole, there's a whole thing going on there. And what Jesus does is he looks at the man's heart. When he, he refuses the offer, I'm, I'm not going to arbitrate for you. But he looks at his heart and he sees greed. And that's what opens up this whole section. 
Um, it's also interesting that when he refuses to arbitrate, it's almost like he's putting the guy back. The subtext may be, go and talk to your brother. So your relationships are more important than the money you're going to get. But that's just an aside. Okay. Now, in answer or, or in response to the greed that he sees in the man's heart, he says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. This is a strong warning. The, 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 the words here in the language, the original language, it's take heed, beware, guard yourself, and do that in an ongoing way. Be vigilant. Be constantly vigilant, looking for greed in ourselves. To look to ourselves. It's very easy to criticize others in this, isn't it? Especially these days, where the rich are getting richer. And they need to be held to account to that. But our first priority is to look to ourselves. Is there, is there, a, is there greed in us? And there's something else about that, that encounter, I find. For that guy, how sad that he was in the presence of the King of Kings. He was in the presence of the Messiah, the one that could answer, you know, any, almost anything you bring to him. And yet he just wanted to get his hands on the cash his brother had. And as I sort of judge that, and I think, well, that's pretty, why did he do that? I then look at my own heart and I say, am I like that with the Lord? I go into prayer times with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm like, Lord, give me this. Now, where to ask, but what I'm saying is, is my heart right? Am I saying, Lord, sort this up for me. I need that. I need something new. I need whatever. Greed. I find it amazing in this, this, this moment when Jesus says this, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. He's speaking right across the years, 2,000 years, and he's speaking right into our culture, right into our times. People have always wanted nice things. They've always accumulated stuff. You think of first century Palestine, what would, what would they be accumulating? You know, they'd want the basics of life to be there nice for them. Compare that with us. Compare that with us. I've got, I've got a phone that's a million times better than I, want, I used to have 10 years ago, a million times. I still want a new one. What is the thing of this, this acquiring stuff? And it feels so good. It's almost as if Jesus talking to these looks down across the centuries and looks right into here and he says, be careful. Your life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Seems to me the most timely word. Anyway, um, yeah, just, just recognizing that thing of our culture where we're, we're looking for stuff. I'm now gonna move on to the rich fool, okay? Now, there are two words that sort of bring out some of the meaning here. And the, the words are, number one, land, the land, and the word required, or as it is in this version, demanded, okay? Because it says there, the land gave the harvest. So this guy, he managed it, but he did not produce it. He'd forgotten, Psalm 27, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and all the people. He did not produce the crop. He just managed it. As a gardener, I know that I just plant the plants. I do a lot of research and I try and get it right. And then the earth, the plant itself and the weather do the rest. And it's incredible. You plant this scrawny little thing, you see it grow up. That's not me. 
I am just managing them. I am the gardener who manages. The glory belongs to God for the growth. Okay? When the plants die, that's my fault. When they thrive, I give the glory to God. So he'd forgotten that the land had produced it, not him. And the other word that's key here is demanded or required. And the word speaks of a loan. God has lent this man life in a sense, as he does with all. He gives a gift of life and he'll take it back. And that's the thing the guy hadn't realized, that God would take that back. He gave him a soul, he's calling it in. He thought he was in charge of his own destiny because of what he owned. It protected him against having to answer the call of God, you know, his life coming to an end, giving an account. He thought it was his own efforts. In fact, he's so about himself, he uses the phrase my five times in that section and I six times. He did not realize, he'd forgotten, he's just a steward. This is a key concept of what, of what the Lord gives. All we have is from him. We are just stewards and we'll be accountable for that. We must remember who our provider is. Are we like the rich fool, trusting in our wealth for security? Okay. Now let's look at the disciples. And we can see from verse 32 where he refers to his listeners as, you know, little flock, that he is talking now to his disciples. And there's a lovely logic to this section now, this bit between, uh, you know, that parable and, and the end. And it's basically, don't be greedy. If you're not greedy and you tr trust God for what you need, keep your eyes on him, he will give you enough to give to others, to basically to flow in his provision. His desire, in a nutshell, I'm just going to transcend this up in four sentences. His desire is that we are not greedy, but grateful. Not hoarding for ourselves, but helping others. Not fearful of a lack, but faithful for enough. And not worried but worshipful. So I would sum up the sort of content in that. And then twice in this place, Jesus gives what some people think is advice, but actually I think it's a command. He says, do not worry. Like I say, he repeats it, do not worry. And then he uses examples from nature, beautiful examples, talks of the provision of God and the care of God and how much God wants to look after us and the love of God shown in practical ways. And it's all tied into the love and care of God. And that is the word of Jesus to those who follow him. Don't worry, trust him. It's not like that song, don't worry, be happy. Just put a smile on your face. This is very real. This, this is stuff of life. Because worries about money can be really, really hard. It's one of the main reasons people split up is worries over money. Couples split up. It's key to get this right. And trust is the key. Trust is the opposite of worry. And in fact, in many ways, the answer to it, the antidote. To put it in prayer, put it in trust. The vicar of Baghdad, Andrew White, says, trust is the main issue for Christians. Really trusting in God. It's been right through the Bible, been the area issues of trust. It's, it's a key issue for us. And it's true in my life. How much do I worry and fret and plan and do everything? And I just don't trust God. He is faithful. He is faithful. 
Okay, then Jesus addresses the key issue, which actually is one of priorities and focus. Where are our priorities? He says in verse 31, but seek his kingdom and these things, all you need will be added, given to you as well. So the kingdom, as you know, is, the, is essentially the rule of God, his rule, his, re his reign, his ways and his word. So as you seek to obey God, he will take care of your needs. Trust him. This is not an abdication of duty. It's not like I don't need to work now. God's going to do all this. It's as we serve that God provides. It's a whole, it's a very holistic way of living. So there's the promise he will provide. And here is the key, verse 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That, that's to use an expression that's very appropriate. That's right on the money, isn't it? Where your heart is. Well, sorry, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's, that's where your focus is. So what's our focus on? Is it acquiring stuff, our comfort, our independence, control, our status? Or is it on his kingdom? Something to work through there. And just as we're getting our heads around that lot, Jesus then raises the ante again and puts it into a whole new area in verse 33. He says, beautifully simple, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Boom. And that takes trust really from a nice subject for a wall hanging or in a lovely worship song where it's easy to say, I trust you, Lord, to wow, a really gritty part of life. To, to trust you for my own stuff, but to have enough that I will look at the needs of others and be able to help, be able to respond, maybe by giving stuff of myself. It asks the hard question, can I release my plenty, my insurance, my buffer against problems, against lack, to give to another in need. God calls you to steward what you've been entrusted with. So ask God, ask him, Lord, who can I bless? Show me the needs that I can bless. Help me to trust you. Help me to walk in this. Take small steps. Now, you may think this is all airy-fairy thinking, but the church, the early church, incorporated this into their DNA, and it's right there in Acts 4, verse 44. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who was in need. They, they acted it out. They acted it out. It's brilliant. And it's good to be part of a family or a church, a people of faith, so the money can flow, so the needs can flow, so you can express the need, you can see the need, and you can bless them. You need to be part of something to do that. This is a game where, where fellowship is really important and it's the whole picture. And I want to finish with this story. It's a testimony that, that uh, Jan, my wife, shared a few weeks ago in Woody. Um, so many years ago when our, when our kids were young, so my eldest daughter is 40 now, when our kids were very young and Jan was full-time mum and I was working, I was made redundant and we were living on benefits and I was exploring about being a youth worker and it, it, it was a hard time. I started to get requests to speak at churches and to explore this. And I also got offers of jobs, but they were all over the place. And I needed transport. And we had a, we had a, a banger, a real thing that I spent more time working on trying to fix than I ever did driving. And eventually it gave up. We had nothing. So I met with, with uh, my pastor at the time, Mike Fuller, the amazing Mike Fuller. And, and we prayed and we just felt we should say to God and agree together, Lord, uh, Chris needs a new car. Uh, can we have a new car, please? We left it with the Lord. And I didn't tell people of my need. We didn't broadcast it. And 
we, we uh, not long afterwards, someone rang us up and said, we've got a, we've been, we, we've just had a change in circumstances. We've got a car here that's six months old. Would you like it? Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Thank you. And, and we received this almost brand new car, 2000 miles on the clock. Um, so I just want to use that as an encouragement. We were trying to serve the Lord and he took care of the needs in a way that blew our mind. I didn't want another car given to me because the cars I'd, I'd given to me were cronks, really. And then, then this came along and wham, so good. And there were many times that the Lord blessed us in that time. Okay, we focused on serving. He took care of our needs. So I'm going to bring this to an end now. I'll go back to the start. Has the love of Christ, has the power of Christ, has the new life reached our finances? Has it got to my bank account? Has it got to my wallet? And when you think about this issue of trust, what's beautiful here is the Lord is trusting us. He's trusting us with the good things. He's trusting us. It even says then in verse 32, a little flock, the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. I'm trusting this to you. How amazing is that? God is good. God is good and he's trusting us and he wants us to trust him. Okay, that concludes that. that. I know that money's a massive, massive issue. Lots of good books out there, but there's just some thoughts on those verses. Maybe you want to go back and check it out. And uh, yeah, I hope you're being blessed as we go through Luke. So um, I'm going to close now. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for this word. We, we do need you to, to help us to understand your word, Lord. So when we read and when we wait on you for this, would you send your spirit and open it up to us, Lord? I give you what I've said. I pray that you would find any blessing in that for people. Oh, Lord, we want to bring you this whole area of money. And we just ask you, Father, to help us to trust you, Lord. We can trust you. And help us to to trust our finances with you, Lord, and to be open to the calling and the prompting of your Holy Spirit about how to spend our money, how to, if, if we have it, how to bless others, and if we don't, how to trust you, Lord. We thank you that you care for us as a loving Heavenly Father, and all that Jesus says reflects that loving Father. Yeah, so I just, pray your blessing on the word and, and, and you would bless it into people's hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.